Hi, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and today I actually want to talk to you about something a little bit more personal and something that we don't normally do too much of on this channel, but today we, I found that Ravi Zacharias had passed away. He passed away earlier, and today I kind of want to take some time to reflect on Ravi, his life, and what it means to us, and why it personally relates to me. So today, uh, I just want to take some time to do that. So uh, many of you guys probably don't know this, but uh, Ravi actually had a personal impact in my life. He was the one who exposed me to apologetics. He was the one who got me to think critically about the faith. And when I was leaving uh, certain circles that were fighting constantly over secondary issues, and I was getting just exhausted of it, and seeing how many people were just always just at each other's throats over, you know, uh, music styles, King James onlyism, uh, whatever you name it, they did it and they yelled about it. I was so just exhausted from it because I was like, there's, you know, we've got to be able to be focused more on this, but is that even possible? And then long story short, I found Ravi and it was actually probably one of his most popular sermons. It was, uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It's called Apologetics in the 21st Century. And it's fantastic. I found him and I was like, wow, this guy seems like he gets it. Like, we ought to be centered on the gospel. And then that's when I discovered the entire apologetics community and how many people are actually out there focusing on this very thing. So I just wanted to kind of tell you a little bit about me and Ravi and how it's all connected to God. And so I want to just explore that a little bit. So today's a bit more personal for me, which is weird because normally I'm very much not very personable on the channel. Uh, I feel like anyway, I feel like I'm just trying to just bring in a topic and talk about it and then leave it at that. But today I wanted to bring this up. So the thing is with Ravi, it really spoke to me in a way where I was like, wow, that really is truly the central part of who we are as Christians. We ought to be focused only on the resurrection, not only I should say, but hyper-focus on the resurrection and evangelizing the entire world. But for so long, we've been fighting each other. And Ravi always used this great point where he talked about the horses. When horses fight, they face each other, and then they kick outward to attack the enemy. And then like when donkeys fight, they face the enemy, and then they kick each other to death. And I feel like Christians, as he points out, are very much like that. We tend to just kick each other to death. And it's not the fact that we can't have divisive, uh, we can't really talk about divisive topics. It's the fact that we need to learn how to do it while still being united, which is why I started the church split, because I wanted to talk about so many different things, but they were considered like taboo topics and things we don't talk about, or unless you wanted to split a church. And I'd seen churches split over this. I've experienced those. So it was one of those things that it was very personable to me when I found this man speaking on merely the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many of you guys might know this. But he focused very much on origin, morality, meaning, and destiny. Those were the four things he focused on outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he always had tied the gospel to those four questions. And he always brought in the importance of not answering, destroying a question, but answering a questioner. Behind every person is a question. And so it was one of the things I kept trying to implement that discipline in my life because I tend to just be kind of a blunt person who just told people, Bluntly. <laughs> and he, you know, Ravi had the special gift of being able to slap somebody in the face with the truth while still wrapping them in a hug. It was a gift that very few people seem to have, and it's a gift I don't have, but it's a discipline I'm trying to learn. And that is something that I want us to focus on when it comes to this. I want to talk about the importance of a godly man. See, he's, in many ways, he was a hero of the faith to me, but at the same time, 
He wasn't the icon of my faith. Jesus Christ was, but because of his heart for Jesus Christ, it inspired me to be a better Christian because of a righteous man. And that was the whole point of discipleship. That was the whole point of even rabbis before the church even was established, was always to just try to imitate Jesus or God in this sense beforehand, but you know, before the truth of Christ as the master, you know, I was always trying to imitate him, mirror his actions. And being a godly man is so important. So do not mistake me here. I'm not worshiping him, and I'm not saying that he is the sole authority of the Christian faith, but rather he's an example to look up to. And even though he has passed, we have his work here that we can look at and go, look how effective he was. What were those things that made him effective to the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Oh, he just focused on the gospel. He didn't fight over the secondary issues. He sometimes talked about them in some of his lectures or in question and answer times, but he always found a way to circle it back to Jesus Christ. And that is something that we need to do more and more. So I wish simply to take some time to praise a life well lived, a life lived for Christ. I want to live, I want to praise him because he would never speak highly of himself. He was actually a humble man, which is funny because he's known by millions around the world. He was a humble man and he remained humble to the end. Uh, in Proverbs 27, 2, it says this, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. And so I want to take that time to be the stranger who honors him. You know, and that's, that's the thing, is you know, we all not to be trying to toot our own horn, so to speak. Let other people do it for us. And I'm a stranger. Ravi never knew me. Uh, you know, I've never met him, but I know his work and I know what he taught. And it's something that helped me to get back on some rails that I so desperately needed. It was somebody that helped going, Will, these are, this here needs to be your focus. And it allowed me to just kind of, in a sense, take my ministry and laser point it. And it helped me. And that's why, you know, over time, you know, I just wanted, I want to reflect more and more of that spirit. I have one of his books here, Logic of God. It's a good book. It's a devotional book, really. I highly recommend reading his other books, especially The True Face of Atheism. I think that one in particular really exposes the issue with the new atheist movement as it, as it makes strides today. But, you know, he was definitely a man who was honorable, and his family was honorable. I just shared an article today on the Church Split Facebook page about his, and it was his son writing essentially a love letter to his father's legacy. And in Proverbs 3.35, it says, The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. And he was a wise man. He had this ability to take a scalpel and take someone's worldview and slowly dissect it. But he somehow used a numbing agent where it didn't hurt people so bad. Uh, there's, he's told many, many hilarious stories. And there's so many moments that he was so personable, even with people on when he was on stage and there's millions. He would, he would somehow make people feel like he, they were the center of his world when he spoke. And it was because he was somebody who listened. He didn't just go up there to yell the gospel. He wanted to listen and answer questions. And that was something I, I really enjoyed about him. He welcomed the questions. And it was something that was interesting. You'll notice that he was the first one that showed me that, you know, I saw that so many Christians would try to go into the realm of science and fight the atheism on the scientific realm. But the thing is, with science, it can only explain matter. It can't explain what matters. So that... you. You're stuck there. You can only go so far there. And I would see so many Christians also show evidences of the, of the resurrection, which is great because we need that to show the fact that we can prove it historically and archaeologically. But what made Ravi special was that he was a master of worldview. He was, he was a master of philosophy. He was able to take someone's worldview and 
explore it to a special kind of degree that very few people were able to do. And that spoke to me because really, really you, can, you can defend the gospel of God, you can defend the Christian worldview simply with philosophy because it truly does stand on its own two feet. So anyway, I remember when Ravi told his story of when he was a young man, it's one he used often, that when he was filled with nihilism, essentially, tried to kill himself. Long story short, someone read him the Bible, and he, he made a barter with God. Hey, if you save me, I will completely dedicate my life to you. And sure enough, he traveled the world later on, giving the gospel, and becoming one of the greatest influencers in our time for Jesus Christ. This is, and in his own words, he was thoroughly converted. And when I really think of him, I think of someone who just walked by faith. And it's something that I want to reflect in my life. Like I said, this is a personal video for me. You know, maybe you have your own heroes of the faith, somebody you looked up to. But it was somebody who walked by faith and lived it consistently and constantly, whom his family themselves will even praise. Many ministers, they, they talk a good talk. They travel, they talk a good talk, but, you'll, but the family themselves aren't always behind them. In fact, many times the family gets left behind with many of these ministers. And you could tell Ravi would take time for his family, and he really, truly loved them and did everything he could for them. He always talked, though, how he felt like his work pulled him away too much. But his wife still supported him and loved him through it. Uh, he talks about that quite a bit in The Grand Weaver. And anyway, so in Romans 1.17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And you know, he was a righteous man who lived by faith. He, he followed through with the Christian worldview. And it's somebody that I want to emulate more and more. Now, like I said, I'm no... In, ultra-wise Indian grandfather who has a cool accent and great wit. But you know, it is something that, man, we ought to try to strive to be the best Christian that I'm able to be. I ought to seek the Lord's face. Uh, you know, he sent Jesus Christ to die for me. And that is something that I want to reflect. A verse that comes to mind, though, when I think of Ravi's sole mission with the gospel of Jesus Christ was what Paul said to the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 2.4, which he simply says, And just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. And we ought not to be trying to be, win popularity contests. And that was something, again, he, would, he often talked about how he always went to hostile environments. He oftentimes spoke at universities and whatnot that were against his worldview. He wasn't there to please men. He was there to please God. And that's something that I took on more and more. I'm like, you know what? It's not about what people think. It's about what God says, which is why we all ought to always be seeking the truth. You'll find that. That's why, you know, I, like I said, that's why I started the church split. I wanted to have conversations with people whom most people would disagree with and have those conversations. I want to test the truth. And that's not to sit there and go, Will's amazing. Will's all these things. No, we ought to just do that. It was one of those things I became more and more hungry for that truth and then to challenge those who believe a falsehood. And we ought to do more and more of that as a church, as Christians. We shouldn't just leave it to those with PhDs. We ought to be doing it ourselves. Because honestly, you don't need a PhD to defend Jesus Christ. And that much Ravi made apparent, even though he did, but you know, but he did the arguments he used were actually pretty straightforward. Anyone can use them. It wasn't overly complex the way he spoke. It was easily he you could easily grasp what he said. And you know, sometimes you get into someone like Dr. William Lane Craig who gets into very complex things, which is good. You need that kind of rigorous argumentation. But sometimes you need somebody who can just 
do it simply, but also speak a very powerful truth behind it. So pleasing God by preaching the gospel was the fruit, really, of his life. It was his legacy. When I think Ravi Zacharias, I think what his family thinks Ravi Zacharias, are going to think of a loving father, grandfather, who preached and taught Jesus Christ everywhere he went. And that is a legacy that I would love to have behind me. And I'm not sure if I'm going to. Honestly, that's one of the things where it's like, man, I don't know. Will I be able to have that? Will I be able to say that? And I want to. So today is just kind of a thing where I want to focus on that. I want to focus on the legacy. We are on this earth for such a short time. As Moses said, you know, teach us to number our days. Or another verse says, our life is but a vapor. You know, I'm 28 years old, soon to be 29. I look back and 10 years has blown by just like that. It's been so fast. And I just can hardly believe that I've been married like six years. You know, it's just crazy when I think about it. We are on this earth for such a short time. So my question is, is what are we going to do with that time? What are you doing with that time? Are you going to try to get the gospel out? Are you going to try be on fire for Jesus Christ? Or are you just going to live to make a buck? A buck that's just going to wither and die tomorrow. You know, one that can easily be spent and gone. Are we saving our treasures on earth or on heaven? These are the questions I have when these things come up. And it kind of is like, okay, this is time for me to take a spiritual inventory. So my question is, are you doing the same thing? Is this a moment for you to maybe possibly reflect better on Christ? You know, as Solomon says about leaving an inheritance, so when I think of Ravi passing and um, leaving a legacy for us to have, uh, Proverbs 13.22 simply says this, A good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So, something to consider here is... What's my inheritance that I'm leaving for my children's children? Now, you might not be rich. You might not be like, well, I can't leave millions of dollars for my, for my grandchildren, my children's children. I, we're poor. Okay, great. Well, maybe what you need to do then is maybe instead of trying to focus so much on the physical things, because this is where moth and rust corrupts, right? It's, it's going to pass away. Maybe the inheritance that you need to leave, the legacy you need to leave behind, is simply the legacy of Jesus Christ, to preach and teach Christ. Don't worry about the physical, but focus instead on the spiritual. Not the temporary, but the eternal instead. So when you're looking at this world, don't be so consumed by it. Take time to th ha have the goal in mind of where am I going? And this goes into, remember, he always talked about origin, morality, meaning, and destiny. When you're talking about these things, destiny is what I'm bringing out here. What is the destiny and the goal that I want? Do I want my kids to have good, nice things? Well, maybe that's not all bad. Or do, but do I want them to know the best thing, which is Jesus Christ? So, just some things to consider there. I want my family to know Will as the man who loved Christ and who loved the church and to preach the gospel and taught the gospel to anyone who will, who will listen and to anyone who we maybe even won't listen. I want to be known as someone who gives the gospel. So, real quick... Um, Paul told the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, he said, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so often we fight on secondary issues in the church. Now granted, I talk about secondary issues on my channel, but I don't ever want to constantly fight about it. I would love for us to be united under Jesus Christ. That's the point of this channel, is to bring these things to light, but still be united under them. And mainly under that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, to be able to dis disagree on secondary issues while still being united under the primary issue, which is 
that God is perfectly loving and he is perfectly just. We as sinners broke his perfect law, but God still loved us. But because of our sin, it's the direct opposite to God's nature. It separated us from him. So now that we are separated, God being all loving wanted to have a relationship with us and for us to freely have a relationship with him. So what does he do? He instead sends his son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross so that any who believe on him will be Will not, uh, will not perish but have everlasting life. He sent Jesus Christ because somebody had to take the punishment because he is all just. And so he sends the word that became flesh. He sends himself. He becomes flesh and goes and dies upon the cross so he could take the punishment. He took the responsibility on that cross and then all you have to do is put your faith and trust in him so that he, he can be perfectly loving. So Jesus Christ was a solution to God's all love and God's all just. It was a solution to both. And I want to, you to be focused right here in your church. Maybe you disagree in your church. Maybe there's somebody who gets under your skin. But maybe instead of focusing on those little issues, what you need to be focused on is right there to decide to know nothing among them besides Jesus Christ and him crucified. Maybe you need to be more focused on that and stop worrying about all this fighting of the little things. Maybe we ought to be focused more on giving the gospel then making sure, you know, you're slapping somebody in the face with some truth, okay? Uh, maybe, or even just your opinion. That's another funny thing. Everyone preaches their opinion like it's the truth, and it's not always the truth. And that's not to say to avoid the secondary, uh, the secondary issues. We ought to discuss those openly and willingly, but we ought not to sit there and make that our primary focus and our primary fight. I have a lot of friends I disagree with, but as long as they're preaching Jesus Christ, I'm on their side. So ultimately, guys, this comes down to the destination. This is where when Ravi passed, he did, not, he did not just cease to exist. He merely changed locations. And now he's in glory with the Father. This is the destiny that Ravi spoke so often about. And although, I mean, we're sad to see him go. I'm truly going to miss his work. I'm truly going to miss watching him uh, as he speaks to people and relates with people and gives that gospel. But we do know that he was a faithful servant of God and that he made an impact for the gospel. And we ought to strive to do so as well. So here's the thing. Life doesn't oftentimes grant many sincere ministers of the word. Let's just be real. Many people out there ministering are out for their own selfish gain. And there's not many that come out that are super sincere. But we ought to cherish those who do. We ought to, and we ought to encourage them. I've seen, I even saw Christians attack Ravi because they disagreed with him on some secondary issues. And I'm over here like, guys, seriously? He's preaching Jesus Christ. Can we all calm down? But anyway, life doesn't grant many sincere ministers. So the question is, will we take up the torch as these people pass on? We need more and more young people standing up and exposing people to the gospel and in a way that is unique to the to now to 2020 at least as of the time of this video the, the gospel is different the gospel presentation is different now a little bit than it probably was back then because now we almost have to start with an argument for god itself and build our case from there which is what we see a lot of people do like ravi so anyway i know his family sacrificed a lot for him to continue to do his work and i know he made a lot of sacrifices as well but ultimately, Christ was the one who gave him strength to continue to persevere. And honestly, I think we ourselves need to be more focused on that gospel, more focused on Jesus Christ and the blood he shed for us. And the fact that we have all those issues you have with the world, you're carrying the cure. 
Sin is the cancer, and we have the most effective chemo treatment out there. That's the gospel. So we ought to be giving that gospel. So I simply have three questions for you as I close the video. One, do you know Jesus Christ and the impact that he can have on your life? I accepted Jesus Christ at 17 years old. I was heading one completely different direction, and he changed my heart entirely. He can truly have an impact in your life. And all he says is that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ rose from the, from the dead, you will be saved. Put your Repent and believe. And repent means to turn away from. Turning away from and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the gospel. That's it. That's all he's asked in exchange for, his, for, the, for the death of his son. That's all he's asked is that you merely believe on him. Secondly, is... If you are a believer, what sort of legacy are you leaving your children? His son wrote a beautiful article about him, and I hope that my children will have that sort of father that they can write about. The one that they can go, this man loved God, and I loved him. What legacy are you leaving your children? Is it material or is it spiritual? Is it temporary or is it eternal? Where is your focus? Maybe you need to take some time off work to spend more time with your family. Maybe you should commit more to church and getting your children educated under God. Maybe you need to start studying yourself and equipping yourself so you can answer those questions within your family or your friend group. What legacy are you going to leave? And then finally, simply, will you take up the mantle? Will you pass the torch? The children, the inheritance, the wise man passes his inheritance for his children's children. Will you continue to pass that torch through your family and through your friends? Will you take up the mantle to serve Jesus Christ? Because guys, we are living in a crucial time of the gospel. And Ravi himself personally impacted my life. And I know he's impacted many others. But when it comes down to it, we ought to be willing to take take up the mantle, take up the cause, and make an impact for Jesus Christ by giving the gospel. So will you be willing to put down your guns on secondary issues? Will you be willing to put down your guns on secondary issues and focus on the primary issue, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and putting our faith and trust in him? So guys, like I said, today is a different video. Today is a personal video. Today is more of a devotional video almost. But it's kind of a send-off, kind of a love letter in a sense, because what Ravi did impacted me, and it, has, it changed me because it made me realize that I need to not be focused on secondary issues. This man's focused on the primary issue, and he's making an impact for God. We ought to do the same. We can you know, lead by example in a sense. Like I said, he's not my idol. I just admire the man and honor him a lot for his work. So he will be sorely missed. I'm looking forward to shaking hands with him in heaven one day. That'll be crazy. Uh, my An old Indian grandfather I never had, but always wanted. <laughs> but anyway, guys, um, be in prayer with it for their family. Be in prayer for them. And then ultimately, I want you guys to think of somebody in your life whom you need to share the gospel with and pass that torch to. So anyway, my name is Will. Thank you for tuning in. And this has been The Church Split.